0: Welcome to episode number 242 of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. I'm your coach, Angela Pugh. Thank you for hanging out with me and spending some time with me today. We've got a great episode coming up. We are going to dig into how to keep your mental wellness in check when we're in this crazy time of year. We are all off our routines, everything feels a little crazy. A lot of people are traveling. Or you may have people traveling to your house for the holidays. In my life, personally and professionally, it's already been super evident. There's just, I've been dealing with a ton of relapse, not my own, thankfully, but it's just been a really, really hard time already, and holidays are always hard. So I really want to dig into your mental wellness and how you can protect yourself what you need to do, what things you need to be thinking about, how you can plan ahead. You know, I'm huge on planning ahead. The more you plan ahead and think things through in advance, the more protected you are and the better your outcome will be always. So that's one thing I want to talk about. You know, this is my favorite time of year. I am already watching the cheesy christmas movies that i love and i'm already loving the season. And when i tell you that the things that i share with you, the tools that i give you and the exercises i give you to utilize, when i tell you that they're science backed, they are 100% science backed. I will not ask you to do anything that isn't proven to work. And if you're a typical addicted person, I'm sure you listen to most of it and go, I'm not doing that. I don't need to do that. That doesn't work for me because that's what we all do, right? And then at some point, you grow up a little bit and you figure it out just like I did. And you'll go, huh, I wish I would have done that five years ago when they were telling me to do that. (laughs) And you start doing it and you get crazy results and you feel better and everything starts to fall into place. And then I sit back and wonder, like, why the F do I have to be so stubborn about everything? Like, why do I have to make everything so difficult for myself? But I do. It's just how the the addicted brain works, I think. So gratitude is one of these things. It is something that I don't just talk about it because it's a buzzword. I talk about it because it is proven to be effective. And I'm getting ready to test out this new technology that has come out recently that's supposed to be really good for the brain and relieving depression and anxiety and some of that stuff. And I'm getting ready to go into a whole testing phase. I'm going to document my whole experience with it and share that with you guys a little bit later once I can see if I actually get some results from it. Um, And I got an email from the company today that had some really fascinating information in it. And here's what it says. It says, practicing gratitude will actually change your brain and your life. In 2008, scientists conducted a study to measure the brain activity of people who practiced gratitude. And what they found was that gratitude causes synchronized activation in multiple brain regions and lights up parts of the brain's reward pathways in the hypothalamus. In short, gratitude can boost neurotransmitter serotonin and activate the brainstem to produce dopamine. So the more grateful thoughts you have, the healthier and happier you will feel. Now, I'm not going to really nerd out with you on the brain science because you know I'm obsessed with the brain, but here's what I want you to know. Where addiction... Related brains are wired a little differently as in our reward center, right? Serotonin and dopamine are two of the major players in what level of happiness, contentment you feel in your life. These are all the same things that are anxiety, depression, ADD, all right? It all plays together. So when you can do something as simple as practicing gratitude and it actually boosts serotonin in your brain and gets your brain to produce more dopamine, why wouldn't you be putting a ton of energy into practicing gratitude? These are the same neurotransmitters that all your antidepressants work with, right? So why wouldn't you be doing this? That's what I want to know. Why wouldn't you be putting some extra energy into creating this practice in your life? This is huge. And this is something that you can really take into this crazy holiday season, something so simple that doesn't require any effort, that doesn't require anybody to know what you're doing. You don't have to leave your family, leave your house. It doesn't require any time commitment, right? This all happens in your thoughts, in your head. I try now, even if it's something that, you know, is kind of negative, I turn it to a gratitude. Like, I'm so grateful that I don't behave like that. I'm so grateful that my sobriety is intact. I'm so grateful that I've become a person who can fight against the things and get through the things, right? When you can shift your mindset to really focus on those more positive things, it changes your brain. I want you to really think about that, especially going into this time of year. And how can you start to incorporate this? I'll tell you what I did when I first started, right? It's like everything else I do when I first start, I put post-it notes around, I'll set a reminder in my smartwatch or reminders in my phone. And for me, when the first thing I did was when I would catch myself in a negative thought, which was almost every single thought I had, by the way, all the words out of my mouth used to be really negative. And it was energy draining. And it's energy draining for the people around you. Like you don't feel good when you go hang out with somebody who just shits on every single thing happening in life, right? When everything is, I don't like that. Can't we do this? I don't want to go there. This sucks. This is so hard. Like it's energy draining. And that's how I learned I had that quality because I was around other people that were like that. And I was like, oh my gosh. I don't want to be around all of this negativity. And then I caught myself being exactly the same way. So as soon as I would have some negative self-created chaos and drama, then I would catch myself and I would immediately make myself say three positive things about whatever. It could be anything, like, oh, I really love my shoes today, or I'm glad the temperature is whatever today, or I'm so grateful I get to go home and hang out with my dog, like whatever the thing is. I would just make myself say three positive things every time I had a negative thought. Now, scientifically, they say it takes five positive thoughts to counteract one negative thought. But this is how you do it, right? You start paying attention to who you're being and how you're speaking and the things you're saying in your head, and you start turning that stuff around. Put post-it notes, say three things you're grateful for, right? Put it on your bathroom mirror, put it on your phone for when you wake up in the morning, put it on your bedside table, put one in your car, put one on your desk at work or in the drawer at work. So when you pop that drawer open, you see it. This is how you start to make it a habit but it's so important to do this. And it's such a simple, no effort taking thing because we are also lazy. We don't want to do anything. We want the pill that will fix every single thing we want to change in our lives, right? We don't want to have to spend any time. We don't want to spend any money. We don't want to have to actually do anything. We don't want to work for it. It's so hard. All those things. This is something that requires none of those things a little concerted effort, that's it. Seconds is all this takes. And if you wanna feel better, then you'll start taking action and doing that, right? Scientifically proven. So get on that first and foremost. Start thinking in a gratitude frame of mind to really get yourself to feeling better and do it forever. I'm blown away, to be honest with you. Many years ago, I did a 30 days of gratitude exercise and I was blown away at how life-changing it was, how it changed me as a person, and just how I thought about things and how I approached things, mind-blowing. So start that first and foremost, just start there. Practice gratitude, do whatever you have to do to make that a part of your day and continue doing it. If you get off track and go, oh shit, I forgot to do it yesterday, that's okay, no big deal, just get right back on track and start doing it again. The more you do it, the more of a habit it will become and the easier it will become. So that's the first thing I wanna talk about. Now, the next thing I wanna talk about is how you can really start using more words that will play into this, right? There are high-frequency, high-energy words, and there are low-frequency, low-energy words. And feelings, right? So if you're feeling anger, or regret or guilt, self pity, those are all low frequency words that are going to make you feel low. Those are all those kind of feelings that will drag you down just like talking about, I don't like this. I don't like that. I hate it when, why is he driving like that? I can't believe this dirty SOB cut me off. He didn't use his turn. So, I mean, all the things that we are so ridiculous about on a daily basis, that's all low energy, low frequency stuff, and it will drag you down. Now, if you jump on the other side of that, right, what are the high frequency things, thoughts, feelings, Another way to start shifting how you show up in your life to automatically elevate you. You want to be in love, gratitude, joy, hope, humility, kindness, right? Why every episode I talk about service. How can you make somebody else's day better? All of those things Are high energy, high frequency. It's going to make you feel better when your thoughts are more in line with high frequency things rather than low frequency things. So, again, just another added piece that you can put with gratitude that nobody has to know you're doing it. You don't have to admit anything to anybody or be out and proud about your sobriety or changing your life or whatever the heck you're doing. It happens in your head. It's personal. It's private. It doesn't take really any time commitment. You don't have to go anywhere. It doesn't take you away from your family. It doesn't cost any money. It's just one more thing that you can be doing to really change how you approach life and how you feel about it. We all want to feel better. All of us want to feel better. These are simple ways that you can start doing that right this very second and change your life. Then I want to talk about your checklist, okay, for really staying sober when you're in some crazy situations. And (laughs) I say crazy situations, and what I really mean is um, just stressful situations. You know, being around family, this is a very difficult time of year. A ton of people relapse this time of year because the stressors are so high and there are so many stressors from every direction. Like I said earlier, it's family drama. It's our personal stuff inside of our heads and our heads start going crazy as that anxiety ramps up. It's financial stress. It's everything, right? It's just coming at you from every direction. So this is a hard time. And like I said at the top of the podcast, the more you can plan ahead and know what you're doing and think things through and have solutions before you encounter the problem, the better you will do. And this is every day. We talk all the time about connection, find your tribe. You have to be connected. What do you hear me say a million times? Addiction needs two things to thrive. It needs you to be isolated and alone And it needs you to feel like crap about yourself. So if you're not connected to other people, especially other people who have addiction and going through the same thing you're going through, if you don't have that love and acceptance and kindness for who you are in your life, if you don't have those connections and people to talk to, then you're isolated and alone. If you're not out doing things, enjoying yourself, having joy in your life, then you're isolated and alone. You have to have an ally. We have the best Facebook group on the freaking planet. It is so powerful, that community. You guys that are in there, I love you. I love reading through our Facebook group every day. I'm super active in there. I love everything that we post. Everybody's so supportive and empowering. It's an incredible place to be. And that can be your ally when you go into stressful situations. Have that on your phone. When you feel stressed out, when something's triggering you, excuse yourself to the bathroom and pull your phone out and read some positivity and some good positive energy stuff in our Facebook group. Maybe post a comment yourself. You know, you can post something as simple as my family's driving me crazy. And You'll probably get 200 comments of everybody else going, oh my God, me too. <laughs> but that's the sense of community. Let your community and your tribe wrap around you and love you and keep you safe in those times. You have to have an ally. You can be joking, right? Have a friend that like, sometimes I do this if I'm gonna be around non, or if I'm gonna be around a lot of drinking people, which isn't very often in my life anymore because I really like to be around sober people. But when I'm going into something where I know I'm outnumbered with drinkers, I will always have a couple of friends on the phone that I'm texting with. They will know that I'm going to whatever event, like this might be a little crazy. I'm feeling a little uneasy. My anxiety is getting high. So my people, my allies already know what situation I'm in. And then sometimes too, I'll just text goofy stuff, you know, like, One time somebody dropped a whole um, appetizer thing into the punch bowl and and it was hilarious. I took a picture of it and I texted it to my people. I'm like, this is what I'm dealing with. These drunken fools, right? Dropping food in the drinks. So it's that simple. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be dramatic. It doesn't have to be, oh my God, this is going to be so hard. I really need support. Can I reach out to you? It doesn't have to be that you just have to be connected all right the other thing is know your triggers that's always the next thing know your triggers know what situations are really going to stress you out and which ones aren't going to be such a big deal triggers come in come at you for different reasons it can be social situations it can be emotional triggers it can be physical triggers there are all these different triggers and just think it through like As you're walking in, what situation am I gonna be in? Is this a place that is gonna trigger me? Am I gonna be with people that are gonna trigger me? Am I going to see someone and a certain feeling is gonna trigger me or a memory is gonna be triggering? Like think through those things and know what you're up against. So if you're going into a situation and it's gonna be, say you're gonna see an ex, you're going to some holiday party and your ex is gonna be there. And, you know, those wounds can be pretty deep and there's, I have exes that I don't really want to see, right? That did me wrong or whatever. And they're nice people and I will always have love for them, but I don't necessarily want to hang out and like have a fruit punch with them, you know? <laughs> so if you know you're going to that situation, you're going to see an ex and that's going to cause stress for you, have a plan in place. How am I going to approach that person? What am I going to say? Or am I going to leave? maybe you're not even gonna stick around, right? That's okay too. But know what you're walking into. Take some time to think about what you're walking into so you can protect yourself. The other thing, this is another mental thing, is this no FOMO, right? You're not missing out on anything. FOMO, for anybody that doesn't know, is fear of missing out. And this is that thing, and it's easy to feel this. And I don't say, don't get caught up in it because I don't feel it too. Like, I get it. There are certain things. It's like, damn, I wish I could jump in on that. You know, you do feel like you're missing something special. But I want you to play the tape all the way through that situation. The only thing you're missing out on is a hangover and possibly some public humiliation right? And I don't want to deal with all that either. I'd rather go home and go to bed feeling a little sorry for myself and get up tomorrow morning and have a fresh start. I don't want all the drama that would come with drinking or doing something to disappoint myself, right? That's a moment when I have FOMO, that's a trigger. When that trigger strikes, that's exactly the moment that I would probably excuse myself to the bathroom and take a few minutes just to recollect my thoughts text my community right my whoever my allies are for that event (laughs) I'll be texting my people or posting something in the Facebook group and just taking a minute to get my head together have some gratitude thoughts and deep belly breaths and just chill the f out when I'm triggered I have to take action to counteract that trigger and FOMO is a trigger next don't test yourself don't put yourself in situations that you know are going to be super hard for you. And I hear this a lot in new sobriety. People always want to test themselves and go places and do things. Oh, I just want to see how I feel. I just want to see if I can get through it. Uh, Okay, cool. But that's more planning a relapse than it is planning your recovery. You know, if you have to do something, have to go somewhere that's going to be super uncomfortable, then... Your plan needs to be, I'm only staying X amount of time and I'm out of there. And you've heard me talk about this a thousand times too. When I walk into a situation with my drinking friends, which usually is only to watch a ball game or something. But as soon as I walk in, I already know I'm only staying an hour, maybe less, to be honest with you, because my anxiety will get crazy and I'll fake a headache and leave. (laughs) So, but here's the thing, as soon as I'm walking in the door and saying hello to people, I'm already telling them I can't stay long. Oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. I'm so sorry I don't have a ton of time. I can't stay too long, but I'm so happy we get the opportunity to catch up for a few minutes. I'm already letting people know I'm out, you know, because I have to protect myself. I'm not going to test myself. And I don't even want to drink, but I'm still not going to test myself. I'm going to protect myself. Next thing, stay busy. This is one I use in family situations for sure because I can just get, you've heard me talk about before, I have group anxiety. That can be even groups of people I love, right? It has nothing to do with strangers or not. It's just a lot of people. My anxiety can start to ramp up. So I always, my favorite thing to do in those situations is I have to be busy. I love to become the photographer, that gives me something to focus on. It gives my anxiety something to focus on instead of going crazy. It's an activity. It's physical. I'm walking around. I'm looking for the opportunities. It's also service because I know I'm going to get all these pictures that everybody is going to love, right? I'm getting pictures of the kids, which obviously my brothers and sisters-in-law are going to love. My mom is going to love all that because everybody's obsessed with all the damn kids, right? Like, It's so many things in one and it's fun for me, but it gives me something to focus on. So I'm not focused on FOMO or being triggered or feeling uncomfortable or just sitting in it and letting my anxiety get out of control. So stay busy. You know, another thing you can do is help out, clean up, take out the garbage, Play with the kids, right? Anything to just stay busy so you're not just sitting in all the thoughts that are flying through your head. And then I just want to close this out coming back to our original thought with gratitude. This is big, you guys. You, This is so big. And I hope that you take this to heart and make it a priority because it's a very simple way that you can change everything in your life that requires almost nothing, right? I mean, it takes practice. It took practice for me too, but now I'm really good at it, but I've been doing it for a hundred years. But I want you to start practicing this because it will change you. Scientifically proven, it will change you. You will feel better in a way that meds can't do for you right? So just add this to your toolbox. It's just another tool for your toolbox. Gratitude. Practice it. Positivity. Think about those high energy, high frequency words and feelings and get away from the low energy, low frequency things. That's another one. Scientifically proven. Think about this stuff. Sorry, my voice is a little bit hoarse. It's been hoarse for days and something that you don't know is when I was a kid and first like starting to talk and whatever, baby, my voice was always raspy. If you're ever wondering how I got this weird voice for a girl, it's always been this way. (laughs) But I guess my voice was always super raspy and like hoarse. And they said it sounded like I had a frog in my throat and they called me froggy. Okay, please don't start calling me froggy, but that's from birth. That's how it all went down. So I know... I've been in a ton of things. The last week has been super crazy stressful for me, and I've had a lot going on, and my voice is just a little bit hoarse. So thank you for hanging in with me. If you are not a member of our Facebook group, I would say please go jump in there. Get in there. Be a part of the community. We have a lot of people that are in there that just watch, you know, and I would say I love it when people are active. Like I was taught early in my recovery that when you become a part of something, when you become a member, you are an active member. We are not passive members. We're not sitting in the back row letting everybody else do the work and reaping the benefits of everybody else doing the work. We are an active member. Be a part of. Help other people. Post. Let people know what you're up to. Support other people that's what i would love to see and we do have plenty of people that it takes time to work up to that place that they're reading through comments and see and they use it for support but they're not comfortable posting yet and that's okay too but i want you to be working up to posting in there also and sharing yourself because it's up to all of us to love and support one another that's all of our responsibility especially in this thing that is so challenging and so difficult a lot of the time, it's up to us to love and support each other. And that's why we create these groups and these podcasts and programs and memberships, right? It's all to love and support one another. And if every single person sat back and just watched and read through the stuff and never participated, then the group would be empty and nobody would get love and support and acceptance. So I hope you guys are having a fantastic day and I will see you next week. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast, candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.